to the Chis Ascendancy Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chis Ascendancy. It's episode 95. It's five short of our centennial. Not that anybody's keeping track. In 12 Maybe. years, we'll get to 100. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh um, so we have so much to freaking unpack. Since the last time we were on here, uh, our friend of the show, Mark Thompson, was uh, was a guest on here. You guys were indisposed, and Mark was so gracious to be on here. Talk a little bit about Bad Batch and Mandalorian and how they're tying together. Today, it feels like it's doing that more than ever, especially with some of the news that we got at Star Wars Celebration. So we are jumping in. Uh, the title of this one's going to be something along the lines of the Star Wars Celebration Extravaganza Bad Batch Season 2 Review and Mandalorian Season Finale Look Ahead. <laughs> something. Extravaganza. Uh, so let's talk TV first. We had a ton of news coming from Star Wars Celebration in London. Unfortunately, none of us uh, were there, but we were watching with, with uh, tons of angst online. <laughs> and... We got so much news. It was, I'm sure it was a magical experience uh, to have gone there. If any of our listeners or viewers were there, um, so happy for you guys getting to be a part of that. Uh, so we had so much news coming out. So we're going to do a breakdown of that in a second. But first, we're going to talk a little bit of TV. So since we've been on, the Bad Batch Season 2 has wrapped. And there's a lot of emotions yeah. There's a there's a lot of thoughts and feelings. Uh, let's just take a second uh, and remember our fallen brother, Tech. R.I.P. I have um, quite a range of emotions knowing that my boy Graham Moff Tarkin was responsible for the falling of our boy Tech. It's yeah, because it's a you. it's high on two ends of the spectrum. High sad. Hi, I can't believe I'm watching this because I love Tarkin. Right. But also, it's I mean they're on freaking Iriadu. What what more could I ask for, honestly? And then yeah, I don't know. I I honestly was thinking of you whenever we went to Iriadu, and I was really hoping for both of our sakes that like if there was that much danger, I was hoping mm -hmm. Tarkin would be like prepare the Kerian spike. Oh yeah. That would have been sick. Be sick. But it's just another time that freaking Saw Gerrera screws it up for everybody else. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, so he killed himself. It's the uh, it's lies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts? So the way that we left off, uh, we hadn't talked for for a good bit about the Bad Batch, but all roads lead to Mount Tantus. We felt that way from the very beginning of season uh, two. Yeah, and it is uh, essentially where we ended up. Uh, so much going on. Um, we have a beautiful and very intriguing new bad guy, Dr. Hemlock, who is doing something very, very sneaky, sneaky, uh, with the clones. Is that a hand joke? No. Yeah. He's, he's always touching his hand. Oh, no. Um, you called him beautiful. So I was like, oh, he is, he is quite a looker, isn't he? He is a looker. Uh, I like his demeanor. I like his Thrawn style, like slow delivery. Not quite at that level. Uh, we have lots to talk about. Um, but it was cool because we got to see uh, a, a director, Orson Krennic, 
cartoon version yeah, that there. Was cool. Yeah, that was cool. So we have so it, essentially the Stardust project, which ends up being the Death Star, which obviously is the biggest number one priority uh, for the Empire at this point. We know that whatever Hemlock is up to is a very big deal because they're talking in sequence of what are you working on? What's your project? What's the status? What's the advancement? You know, mm -hmm. and so with Stardust being a very, very, very important thing to Vader, Tarkin, Krennic, the Emperor, Thrawn stands against it because he thinks too much power in one place is a bad thing. Uh, it's getting all the resources, all of those things. And here you have Hemlock, who's working on what we still don't know what the project is. Uh, and, and along those lines, trying to figure out there's a shuttle. Somehow the Batch knows to go to Iriadu to try to put a tracer on Hemlock's shuttle so that they can trace him back. Because they still don't know exactly where he's going to. They still have not discovered Tantus and where he's at and what all is happening. So they have to go to Iriadu first to get the tracer on there. Unfortunately, Saw Gerrera undoes all of that. And before it's all said and done, uh, our favorite clone engineer sacrificed himself for the betterment of the team. It was very beautiful that Order 66 was all soldiers, good soldiers follow orders. And Plan 99 was, when did we ever follow orders? I thought that was very interesting and so he let it yeah. go by the end of the season omega is on tantus with crosshair the remaining members of the batch are looking for her hunter and wrecker are worse for wear but they're going to link up with echo and i assume rex to try to get back to where they need to be mm -hmm. and hemlock has showed Hunter that he found Tex glasses, but didn't show him anything else. So real quick, tinfoil hat time. Do you think that Tech is alive? Yes or no? Will we see him in season three? If so, what's going on with them? So I, I've shared my thoughts with you a little bit, um, but I know for the longest time we were trying to pin the first Dark Trooper, you know, role on Crosshair. Right. And I think that Omega's capture might be Crosshair's redemption because he's already kind of showed, you know, his true colors. He kind of had his foray with the Empire and decided that's not what he was about. You know, tried to warn the Bad Batch that they were coming for Omega. So I think he, he's already kind of showed out what his long-term loyalty is going to be. I am very curious to see if they're going to do some um, Echo-type experimentation on uh, Tech and, and make him the first dark trooper because he's already i mean he already works in tandem with technology quite a bit you know he's got right. a heads up display or whatever I, I think that he's a good candidate yeah it's interesting because we've talked about the dark trooper is the dark trooper a long like a down the road version of the death trooper that we see in rogue one rebels all that stuff mm -hmm. and i do think it's interesting that tech if he was kind of the sacrificial lamb that is something that they're missing, maybe a little bit higher intelligence rate to figure out whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what the, what the idea is. And we thought at first they just wanted like specialized clones on Tantus, mm -hmm. but Hemlock is saying every decommissioned clone, send them to Tantus. So I don't know what experimentation they've been doing with him. And he was kicked out of the Republic for 
all kinds of weird stuff, and the Empire scooped him up. So if he was kicked out of the Republic for his evil deeds, and the Empire brought him in, you know, God only knows what he's working on. And Tantus, again, that Legends connection was where they created the Sparty clones that ended up being the foot soldiers in Thrawn's army against the New Republic. Mm-hmm. So I definitely do feel like we're going to somehow connect Tantus to things that we're going to see in the Mandalorian or down the road in Ahsoka or things like that. Um, so uh, I just keep wondering, I keep waking up in night sweats and my Vader voice going, where is tech? Is he safe? Is he all right? Where is Padme? Is she safe? Is she all right? Uh, I just keep thinking about him and you know what? They did a good job because I feel like a couple of years ago, like when the Clone Wars came out, or even before that, whenever they had the sneak peek of Bad Batch on StarWars.com, you remember that when it was just like the unfinished animation stuff before they knew they were going to do Season 7 of the Clone Wars? Mm-hmm. The character that I cared the least about by far was Tech. And I found myself being like really freaking upset whenever he fell or when he gave himself up. So I was curious uh, hats that. off to the to the writing team because... I was 0% interested in tech at the start of this show. I thought he was kind of a waste because Echo's that same character. But having Echo rejoin Rex gave Echo more oomph this season. And it also opened up some room for tech to shine. So I thought that was really cool seeing him. And and is he actually autistic? Probably. Like, have they confirmed that? Or is that just something like... I heard a lot of people... I heard a lot of people calling him neurodivergent. Is that real? I, I think he did. He just is uh, differently abled is what we're saying now. Uh, but I think he definitely has like a little bit of uh, Asperger's as far as the way that they've written his character. I mean, he can't pick up on certain social cues. He's getting flirted with really hard, you know, right in his face. And it's just, it's not right. clicking for him. He's like, yeah, I was totally going to live without saying goodbye. What's the deal? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, it is very interesting because, um, they kind of put him in both directions almost where he's got like a greater uh, depth of emotion and then like a greater lack of cognition of emotional, you know, goings on. So it, yeah, it's very interesting how they played him out. But um, I think I also thought that his contribution was different from echoes. Um, Cause echo can, you know, open a door or whatever, but he can't, you know, do the probabilities. Um, yeah. So he's, he's an interesting character, but I, I don't think he's gone, gone. I really don't. I'll be very surprised if he is. It's also interesting, like, I guess the whole idea of losing a character is, like, what did they do? What did they sacrifice? What did, Mm -hmm. like, what did it earn? What was the return on investment of losing this character when you get to write the story? And they were, you know, I've heard many people say, even if he is back in the future, what he did to get them out of there, the sacrifice still stands. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's still, it's still good. So yeah. that's very interesting. Um, kind of so, real quick to go back to your Mount Tantus thing. That's also where we saw Joris Savioth get cloned, um, which is kind of a huge statement if they're trying to do that under the covers because they're trying to clone force sensitives. So if this is um, really a callback to Mount Tantus at all, um, we may see that this is the start of them trying to make clones with force sensitivity. Yeah. 
which, <clears throat> excuse me, which is interesting because looking ahead, kind of changing gears from the review side of season two to looking ahead to season three a little bit. Um, I just wanted to say there have been a couple of things that have already been confirmed. So they are doing a season three of the bad batch, which we felt like mm -hmm. they would, we didn't know halfway through the season, you know, like it felt like maybe it was a two season kind of show, but they confirmed at celebration, obviously the way it left off, we we're like, okay, so season three is coming. They confirmed sure. at celebration uh, season three is incoming and it's going to be the final season for sure. There's no opportunity. There's no chance for season four. So they're going to wrap up the story of the batch, whether they all die off. My guess is they find ways to contribute to, to somewhere else, whether that's mm -hmm. fighting the empire or, you know, it's interesting because this whole time I've been thinking, okay, your contribution has to be basically what Rex and Echo are doing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm so excited about their little family that Hunter and Wrecker and Omega just making it away somewhere and living the quiet life mm -hmm. at the end of a show. I would, I feel like I'd be satisfied with it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, Adam, you disagree? What are your thoughts? I don't know. I just, the, the whole Omega thing from the start is still kind of a quandary in, in my eyes. I mean, the, she's obviously a big piece of it. And yet I think that, that her story is not fully told. Um, I'm hoping that that comes to fruition sooner rather than later. Um, right. But I mean, I, I, I think that she's going to be a bigger piece than I'm hoping that she's a bigger piece than, than what she has been. But I just, I, I don't see them just settling down, but I mean, I may be wrong. And do you, when you say a bigger piece, do you just mean like in Star Wars in general or in their story or in, in mainly in their story? If she's a bigger part anywhere else, I'd be, I'd be up for it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I just had an idea. Check this out. Okay, go for it. So what's the number one problem with the clones as far as, as a fan of the clones, what's the number one issue that they have that, that saddens us with, with their, with their lot in life? Are you talking about their growth acceleration, their inhibition? Yeah, accelerated aging. That's the problem. Okay. okay. What if the key to unlocking their accelerated aging and slowing it down is an unaltered clone of Django, a.k.a. Omega? I, what I if that's... Know. like Not what? bad theory. Nala Say is on Tantus. She's protective yeah. of Omega. She's not loyal yeah. to the Empire. Rampart destroyed yeah. Kamino. Yeah, what I if the end game is Nala Say escapes with the batch somewhere and her she does research on Omega or something to find a way to not de-age them, not make them younger, but to just just give them a normal lifespan from here on out. What they're probably in their like 30, 20s or 30s or something like that. Are you saying that that's just like a side project that the Bad Batch get up to? Or are you saying that's what um, the good doctor's after? Hemlock? Yeah. Are you saying that no. he's trying to... Oh, okay. I was about to say, I don't know if no, that no, plays, no. but it's a cool idea. No, he, he's doing... I, I have no idea what he's doing. He's doing something that's up his own agenda. I don't think he really has anybody else in mind. He wants to do something and I can't figure out what it is. I, I I'm think saying... His, he's going towards Death Troopers. Um yeah, I think so too. They're, they're all, if you remember from the most recent Thrawn novel. Um, yeah, they're all edited. They're all they're all worked on. They all have, you know, it talks about when they see them with their helmets off that they're they look off, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, so they definitely, sure. each of them go undergo operations. Yeah, and I, I think so too. That needing guinea pig, you know what I mean? Like you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet, right? Right. Um, I, I think that's the goal too. Death troopers or dark troopers or whether one leads into the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if on the good side of things, like what's, so the most important thing right now is getting as many brothers as they can to safety. The second thing after that has to be de-aging or figuring out the aging. That was a big deal in the Republic Commando series and the Legacy of the Force series was de-aging. You know, how do you figure out that stuff? And maybe Nala, say, being loyal to Omega and something having to do with you have to go back to the original source to get the genomes and the atoms and the DNA and the strands. How do we undo this? You know, who knows? You know, you don't really have to be logical about if it makes sense or if it's possible because it's cloning in Star Wars. Like they could do anything. Yeah. But maybe that's the good end goal is maybe even better than rescuing all of our brothers. What if we could extend, essentially save their lives, you know, extend their lives by double. Or in her genetic code was hidden something that they're trying to use to unlock for something else. I mean, who knows? There can be all kinds of things. Yeah. So, um, I know that it's been confirmed that Commander Wolf makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, we already know Gregor is in the mix because he was in he was in the finale. So, or the the penultimate finale. So, if you have you already know Rex is there. We already. My, I feel like Echo is going to die this next season. Otherwise, Echo would have been on the Walker with Wolf and Gregor and Rex in Rebels. That's my thought. Echo feels more attached to Rex than he does the Bad Batch. I can see if Tech it really is dead, or if he somehow is already a lost cause or too long gone or whatever. I can see Crosshair sacrificing himself to save the Batch and Hunter, Wrecker, Omega make it out alive. Somehow we lose Echo. If Wrecker dies. I'm out. I know, dude. Me Just too. Saying. I'm just and, but what's in, what's interesting though is in Rebels when we rediscover Rex when he's on that walker with Wolf and Gregor mm-hmm. he's kind of seems like he's in a self-imposed exile so something has to go at least yeah, semi wrong along the way and maybe maybe it's a win for the batch but maybe it's a loss maybe Rex feel, feels responsible for whatever's going to happen to Echo you know what I mean sure um so Lots of stuff, way too soon predictions, Echo dies, Crosshair dies, Tech is either really gone or becomes a death trooper. Um, that's why we see Rex leave the leave the, the, the known galaxy and kind of give up the fight. Um, and then maybe Omega Wrecker and Hunter settle down somewhere. Nala say escapes and helps DH de- uh, decelerate the clone aging. Um, okay, so staying in animation... Uh, we already know Bad Batch Season 3 is coming. Visions Season 2 is coming May the 4th. There's nine shorts. They all drop at once. Uh, there are several of uh, the different styles. Uh, one that I'm nervous about because I want to take Star-, uh, Star Wars very seriously, uh, that I'm nervous because it's going to be very silly, is there is a short called I Am Your Mother versus I Am Your Father. And it's by Ardman Studios, who does Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. Oh, my God. So we'll see. (laughs) I I did watch. Have you guys watched the trailer? 
I have mm-hmm. not. I watched the trailer the, for Visions season two, uh, and it's it's very interesting looking. It's kind of it's kind of cool to see uh, a Wookiee in claymation. There's one part where there's a, a baby Wookiee that rips the arms off of a doll, and other characters are like boom, like with a visible, you know, yeah. swallow. So that was cool. The very beginning of the trailer features mm-hmm. a couple of seconds from the very first short called Sith. And I'm very excited about that one. It looks very, very good. It actually doesn't look half bad. I'm just catching screenshots on it, but it actually, the Wookiee actually looks kind of cool. Yeah. I'm excited for it. And, and we know what we're getting. Visions is a yeah sandbox. Purpose, not canon. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're going to get some really cool stuff. Like we got the ninth Jedi, the Ronin, the what's the other one with the old guy that was a Sith from last season of Visions? I can't uh, remember that that short's name, the Master or something like that. I think that's what it was called. But that was really fun. So that's all coming out May the fourth. Yeah, also, I, an animation I the Ronin novel actually. It's very different, right? But it's but it it's was interesting. very different. But it reminded me of uh, I had to take some writing class or whatever to make up for a credit slot, whatever. It's not important, but I, I took um, like world literature mm-hmm. and it really reminded me of writing from Japan. So it felt like the stylistic choices and, and the descriptions and stuff felt correct for what it was trying to be. So it was yeah. really interesting to have that kind of foray. I also thought that the audio, did you listen to the audiobook? Mm-hmm. I thought that the reader did a good job of pronouncing the names in such a way that it was very memorable. Like, yeah, cool. no, that was fun. I thought that was cool. Um, and then let's see. Okay, I think we talked about this a little bit in the in the group text, but Tales of the Jedi season two confirmed. Did you guys know about that? Yes, I think Tales yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, Tales yeah. of the Jedi season that. two. Nothing's been released necessarily of what it's going to entail. I. I love it to death. I'm excited if for her I, own show. I don't <laughs> want any more Ahsoka stuff. That's just my thought. If I if I don't get Qui Gon Jinn interacting with the Wills of the Force, I'm I'm gonna rampage. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna riot in the streets. I'm I'm Make gonna. It. I mean, obviously, it's a riot. <laughs> it's I'm what? I'm gonna I'm gonna rampage. Okay, so we got six episodes last time. Mm-hmm. Focus three on Ahsoka. Focus three on Dooku. Mm-hmm. If they follow suit and they do two characters, three episodes each, Qui Gon and the Wills of the Force would be fantastic. Now, one thing Qui-Gon I really like at all. One thing I really like is the Ahsoka short that was loosely based on the Ahsoka novel was fantastic. And that was Mm -hmm. something that I think they kind of wrote out a little bit, similarly to what we got in Clone Wars season seven, where they'd already written Mandalore and Ahsoka's place in that and all that kind of stuff. So what if we take another novel that was a pre-made idea for Clone Wars and we put it in Tales of the Jedi, a la Dark Disciple? I would be here for that. Sure. Some, um, some Quinlan Voss. It's one of my very favorite 
Star mm-hmm. Wars books. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I th- I thought that the adaptation was cool. I'll pour that later. Um, but <laughs> I'm sure I tell how that was. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I just thought it was such a waste because we already have the Ahsoka novel, so yeah. I was like, I this is a blank canvas. I get to explore something completely off the map, things that I've always wanted to see. So you'd rather then, have something brand new than to see something you already like on screen. I would, yeah, okay. because it's, when else am I going to get this stuff? You know what I mean. Um, so, would you rather like- also, in that same vein, would you prefer to have characters that we know about but don't have stories of? For instance, like someone like Plo Koon. Yeah, would you rather would, not have Plo Koon? I would eat up Plo Koon. Um, obviously, Qui Gon Jinn is my my number one. I didn't priority. ask you to eat him up. Well, you got that information whether you wanted to or not. <laughs> what, uh, I, what, I, what I mean is, would you rather have a character that we know little about versus like, again, Dooku was a fantastic choice because we didn't get much of right. his side of the story. They right. didn't rehash Dooku Jedi lost. It's added. I think Dooku since the Disney merger has had such a great expounding mm-hmm. on his story. Oh, for sure. Ahsoka. I felt like we already know she survives order 66. Why are we watching her train for Order 66? Like I really enjoyed it and I love those episodes and they were all great. However, I would have loved if those three episodes were given to a, uh, you know, a Kit Fisto or no, we're, we're saying maybe somebody. Thing. So my my I guess my further question would be, would you rather get more stories about someone you already know, like Plo Koon, or would you rather get something way in the future? What if Tales of the Jedi is Ray right after episode nine learning from the wills of the force and stuff like that? Or, no, or couldn't care less. Hard I want all my things here that I have. I want. Sure. I want. I don't know. I just have so many questions. more information about what we already know. Because Ray's already getting a whole movie. I mean, there's yeah. books. There's all kinds of stuff in that era. Yeah. And I feel like there's going to be. But Clone has been little... in seven seasons of Clone Wars. Yeah, but how much? How many lines has he actually had? How much Arnarf? do we know about him growing up? Do you even like off the? T- I couldn't tell you who his master was off the top of my head. You know what I mean? So there's a lot about him growing up that we don't know. Yeah. Um, so I I would just um, even if it's like, uh, um, what's her name? Uh, the Twi'lek uh, dies on Felucia. Um, Ayla Sakura. Even if we saw like Ayla Sakura with Quinlan Voss, like something like that. But I don't know. I think it needs to be more meaningful to the main main storyline. Like I uh-huh. think that a lot of Quinlan story is cool, but I think a lot of Qui-Gon story is more impactful for Star Wars overall. I, I just wish coming from my background, you know, the hardcore every Wednesday, I buy whatever comic just came out type of guy. Mm -hmm. I wish that we stayed true to what tales of the Jedi was in legends, which was like old school history, Lords of the Sith. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And I, I just think it, there's so much in the – I think there's so much in the late Jedi Order that really would be really cool to explore. I mean because the stories we're seeing about Dooku, that impacted the death of the Jedi overall. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that those are like very key and directive moments that we wouldn't get to explore anywhere else really. Um, yeah. And so I, I think it's a great way to tell a big story quickly. And I I'd like to watch – a few shorts happen. about uh, uh, the different hats that Coyote Mundy has. <laughs> oh my god! 
How many hats can we shape like a penis? <laughs> At least four. <laughs> right. Do you remember that? Do you remember the the robe he had on oh at the freaking God. funeral? I Yaddle's do. funeral? It looked like if your mom walked in on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, but you, you see what I'm saying? Like, we've we've About relived orders. We- <laughs> I think we got the message, yeah. About the Jedi, I would like to get away from the Jedi that are during the Clone Wars era because we've got seven seasons of them in the Clone Wars. We have all that stuff. And then for the last seven years, we've gotten different versions and viewpoints of Order 66, which is amazing. I'm all for it. But if I if I have a show called Tales of the Jedi and it's no strings attached, what do I want to talk about? I'd like to know, know about like stuff that's way out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally see what you're t- talking about. Um, can I, can I, I th- throw this in there real quick? Go no. for it. You mentioned Plo Koo's master. It was, I just uh, want to do. Uh, no, Tyvaka. No. Oh, it's a Jedi, duh. I mean, a yeah. freaking Wookiee. Wookiee. I totally forgot. Yeah, the Jedi yeah, was his master. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, shove it. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Had to throw that in there. Um, but like... Someone okay, like if it was Plo Koon and Tyvaka, okay, I'll, I'll give it a pass. Oh, or like, hey, what about you? Know what I would love? I would love some skier action. Yeah, and I think that that's all going to be explored because I know, despite what they said when they started to unpack the High Republic in general, it was only going to be in literature. I think that that's going to be a big deal coming soon. In yeah, we already know for a fact. Action. The Acolyte is going to be in the High Republic. What I'm, that's my point is that I think that that's just the tip of the iceberg. I would be very surprised if we don't get an entire animated series because I think so it's more be very skier. successful. Yeah. My point is I think that this gets to live right here for right now. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I just have things that, that I would like to see. And I, yeah. I mean, they, they're already unpacking the future. Ray's getting a whole other movie. Hey, hey, hey. Um, you know what I mean? Ray's getting a whole movie. Uh, right. They're... I think everything else is getting unpacked so well. I think we're kind of moving away from the prequels era um, as far as a lot of new content is concerned. So I I would just like to see um, those things that I've always known about but have never gotten to experience firsthand. Um, So I think that that's just where I want it to live. But uh, obviously, if we did get skier or or something very cool like that, I wouldn't be like if we did get Dark Disciple per se, I wouldn't be mad at. I wouldn't be mad at it. You know what I mean? I think the only thing I'd be yeah. mad at is if we revisited something that we've seen a million times. Um, what would you, would you be cool with uh, focusing on dark side stuff? Oh yeah. Always. Always fine with that, but it's tales of the Jedi. You know what I mean? So um, even when it was focusing on Dooku, it was Dooku the Jedi. Yeah. Um, it's just weird how in tales of the Jedi and legends, they had whole like stories of the upbringing of the Sith, you know, like mm-hmm. I understand. I, I think your point is very, very valid. I would love for um, maybe season two could be like tales of the Jedi, the Sith Lords or something like that. Like imagine six shorts. How about, about we just get Malgus, tales of the Sith. Revan. Yeah. I'm totally cool with that. The whole I'm just, yeah, that, I know that Dave Filoni's in charge of animation stuff. He's the head of that department, if not more. And he's very like he wants to honor the way things have been done in the past, which I appreciate. Um, okay, so 
any last thoughts on Tales of the Jedi before we move on to a couple more shows? No, I'm good. Cool. Okay. Also coming in 23, we're thinking either late Wait, summer or... Thought. Okay, go ahead. What if, what if we got Bearded Snake Man because it was it's Tales of the Jedi? That's better than having balls balls of the Jedi and it being freaking (laughs) Kiati Mundy's head. They spell it different too. Shaft of the Jedi. Oh my god. (laughs) Or what if it's what if it is Tales of the Jedi and it's just a bunch of up close pictures of Ala Sakura's butt? Head Tales of the Jedi. Head tails of the Jedi. Head All right. Jedi. Anyways, men. Um, okay, coming in either <laughs> summer or fall twenty three. Uh, the skeleton crew. So this one is interesting. I know very little about it, and I can't. I, I can't wrap my head around like if I'm excited for, or, or or not for it. So it's got That's Jude, the one law. With Jude Law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Jude Law, and it's set in the same time period as the Mandalorian, the Mandoverse, and it's yeah. about eight or 10 kids who are about eight or 10 years old, something like that. And they get lost and he's helping them find their way back home. And he said, it's a show about kids, but it's not for kids. A la stranger things. So very ambiguous. Now, one theory I heard, and I don't know if this theory is founded in any truth at all. Cause I don't think there's any leaks or anything for it yet. Excuse me. Uh, if you look at Jude Law with a beard, it looks so much like Kyle Katarn. It's uncanny. And I would just love, because Kyle Katarn is in the same era. He's a Jedi that was a stormtrooper that defected and learned of his force powers and joined Luke's Jedi Academy. I would love if, because it's confirmed from Celebration that Jude Law is a Jedi in this show. So if this was a way for them to bring Kyle Katarn back into the mix, just a theory, but I think it'll be really cool. One of my favorites, uh, he's a he's a Jedi that has a blue lightsaber, but he also carries a blaster. I like that combo. He carries a big old blaster. It's a pistol that looks like the freaking Taurus Judge. It's like a blaster that has like a freaking, it's a blaster, but it has a handle on it, like freaking a, Mississippi from El Dorado for all the John Wayne fans out there. <laughs> then he would also have to carry a big knife. Hey, I'm I'm down with it. Big knives are in. Um, so yeah, not sure what to think about that one. I'm excited. It's it's nice to not know like what exactly is going to happen in a show because I feel like a lot of stuff that's come out we kind of know exactly what it is recently. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's really fun. Okay, Andor season two is obviously in production right now, and we know that this is the final season of Andor. From the get-go, they've said that there's going to be two seasons, and this one essentially ends. Basically, you could watch Andor season two right into Rogue One, right into episode four, which is really cool. I'm excited to see what we're looking at. Um, And uh, something that was kind of slap, you know, part leak, part uh, confirmed a celebration. I don't know if it's a loose lip or an accidental slip of the tongue, but uh, Kino Loy's character uh, is going to be in season two. Andy Serkis's character 
is going to be in season two. So even though he does not a swim, somehow he survives the prison and uh, gets out. It would be really ironic if the chant one way out, one way out. After everybody jumps, he just walks down to the lower levels and gets on like a ski boat and is like <laughs> getting across the water. Um, so I'm excited about that. Hey, really quick, dialing way back to the Bad Batch season three, I just remembered a quote from uh, somebody that was working on the show. They said it's going to be super exciting. And they said, I wish you could. They said there's going to be so many twists and turns. It's going to be amazing. I wish you could see who's on my screen right now. It was a guy that's editing the show. And I wanted to see if you had any thoughts as to who somebody that would be like just a wild someone that we're going to know a cameo that would just blow our socks off. So Rex, we already know Wolf. We already know Vader wouldn't be that big of a deal. I don't feel like um, I'd be kind of stoked. Like Vader would be cool, but what's mind blowing. I don't know. Uh, Voss was already kind of hinted at in Kenobi um, as one of the kind of secret railroad Jedi. Mm -hmm. um, wouldn't be surprised to see him TBH. That'd be very cool to me. I mean, I'm, I'm sure anybody who's working in Lucasfilm is also kind of a big fan. Um, what about Grogu? Mace Windu, maybe? Oh, Mace would be interesting. Because I know I'm I'm down with that. that has been kind of tossed around here lately that maybe he survived. Uh, I'm thinking Mace would be amazing. I hadn't thought about that. Or Grogu is in Tantus. Because hmm. we don't really know what the story is. True. I, I don't he... see that personally, but I mean, you know, anything's I, up in the air right now. There is a big gap because he gets away with Keller and Beck. Right. But somehow he gets his the, – the somebody gets him. Those weak way get him somehow. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. I guess it doesn't make sense if he's on Tantus if he gets away again. Um, okay. After Andor, we're excited for that. I'm excited to see what happens there. I want to know like what else he ends up doing for the cause. Like what other dirty deeds? I think we're gonna see a lot of really heavy stuff that he has to do for all the right reasons. Killing folk, probably. Right? Like, I don't know. Where did you get kinda... those gloves from, you know? My gloves. It's very interesting because I'm wondering, like, where um, Luthen's got to go eventually. He's got to be out of the picture. Maybe. I think Luthen's going to get killed this next season. Don't say that. That's how I feel. Um, any what thoughts about on... Nagy woman? Who? Luthen's, Luthen's helper? Woman. Yeah. Yeah, could be. What if she dies? I, I think I think it's going to be a lot of collateral damage. A lot of people are going to get hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of Bothans probably. Dude, when are we going to see Bothans? You don't. That's the point, right? God. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> a couple more shows. The Acolyte. Sit stuff. I don't know anything about what they're okay. So about. the acolyte is set during the High Republic. It's right. about the, in, into the High Republic. Into the High Republic, 125 years before the Battle of Yavin. It's my understanding, or mm -hmm. 125 years before the Phantom Menace. 
Um, one thing that's cool is that uh, Eunice uh, Sutama, Sutoma, uh, Sutamo. I'm so I'm butchering that last name. The guy that is the young man that plays Chewbacca in the sequels and also in Solo is going to yeah. be playing a Wookiee Jedi. Now we so thought nice. it might be Buryaga, but the character's name is actually uh, Kelnaka. So a different Wookiee Jedi. Um, in Legends, they only came around once every couple hundred years, but in the, in uh, in this day and age, there's a few more of them. And so the question, yeah, <clears throat> apparently, the, another cool thing is that the acolyte will be told from the viewpoint of the Dark Sider, the main character. Good Dark Sider is going to be. Um, it, we're going to be seeing things from their perspective. So, what does that look like? Making things happen. Also, they actually have oh, some cool cast castings for the show. Yeah, there's some cool some cool cats in there, right? You know, yeah. it'd be fun to see a little bit is uh, some Drangir. Drangir would be interesting. Um, and I'd then I'd love to see that on screen. I don't know if they're going to make it past the High Republic, but I think at this point they've been kind of in the in the comics they've been kind of subdued. They kind of figured them out, though, right? It would be super cool to see because they can always do flashbacks and stuff. Yeah, for sure, they can always do it. I would love to see, even if it's just like an opening intro thing, like it is a time of peace and prosperity in the Republic, and they could just show like a slew of characters from from the comics and books and stuff. They don't have to. They don't have to have a bunch of them like in the show because I know this is years later. It would be really cool though to get a solid shout out of like, here's what's going on. Now, one thing I think is really cool. I can't remember the the actress's name, but if you've listened or read the books, there's a character named Vernestra Rowe. You know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Vern. Uh, green girl, Vern. Yeah, yeah. She's casted. She's going to be in the show. Now, what's interesting about that is that Vern's lightsaber, she's going to be an adult. um, She'd be old. And her lightsaber is, uh, she can make it into a light whip. Yeah, that's And so I'm very, very interested to see if we're going to see a light whip on screen for the first time. Very excited about that. Sick. And it's like a a purple color. So that would be really cool. And I wonder. Adam, can you look up what the lifespan of immune is? M U U N. I think it's like four hundred years. Here's my thought. Here, Mary Ellen's. That's crazy, though. It just says more than a hundred years. More than a hundred standard years. Okay. In, so it, it's saying if we say that the lifespan is canon of immune from. Uh-huh. Plagueis, he was well over 100, and he was still kind of young. So if 125 years before the prequel trilogy, and Plagueis would have been, you know, 100-something years old. I mean, if they're saying they're keeping that much, like if he is immune, if mutants do still live that long. The thing I'm caught up on is... What if he's um, in this show? Well, yeah, but I'm also thinking, I guess, I'm looking at the all-in lifespan. Plagueis. Plagueis. Oh, um, hell yeah. Because Vern, she should have a, a, hum, a human-ish lifespan, so she would be pretty old. Because um, uh, how how long before TPM is it? Higher 200, like, what? 200 years. So I guess she would so be it's like, like... she'd be like 80s? Yeah, she'd be old. 
Yeah. But so I'm thinking she's got to be like kind of I, like I, that. I uh, also feel like if if the if the dark side of the force like kind of character, I think. Yeah, I wonder if since the dark side of the force really like saps it out of you as far as vitality and stuff. I wonder if if you're in harmony with the force and the light side and things like that. If, yeah, yeah, the uh, old Dumbledore. The old Dumbledore routine would be interesting. But she's officially casted. Like, it's for sure happening. So I'm no, excited yeah, about no, I'm that. Just, I'm just, uh, that's interesting. Um, so very excited. I, I love seeing something from the dark side point of view. And if she is a Sith and not just a dark sider, then it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Because Plagueis has to come into the the mix eventually. Yeah. But in canon, is Plagueis is is Plagueis immune in canon? It's not confirmed. Right. We just know like that he exists. They talk um, about. We don't even know who Plagueis's master is anymore because it was Tenebris and he was a a, a Bith a Bith, but none of that's it, none of it exists anymore. So it could be anything. I feel like if it's not exactly like it was in Legends, though, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> right. I know it probably won't be. I, I know it's going to be different, but. In canon, all it says on Wikipedia is he was a Force-sensitive male. Well, it says Mune on the canon side of Wikipedia. Obviously, that could be altered. I don't know where that would have been confirmed at. Um, on the Wiki- or Wikipedia page... Let's see, the death of Darth Plagueis, Legacy, the rise of Darth Sidious, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. He's talking about that to Anakin. Plagueis is a prince mm-hmm. ultimately became the Emperor. Transfer. It's on the Star Wars canon fandom page as well, which shows that he's immune. Does it say Let's the appearance see. that he made to confirm that? No, that's what I'm He's in for. a book. He's in a canon book released by Disney. It's a source book, but he's very shrouded and you can't really tell what he is. It does look like Immune's. Uh, it's just glowing eyes under a hood. But let's see. Appearances, the Skywalker saga mentioned only. Star Wars, the prequel trilogy, a graphic novel. Um, Darth Vader 2017 mentioned in text. Tarkin mentioned only. Is he immune in Tarkin, Samuel? Because that's a canon book. Do they mention him? Don't think so. I think the only thing that uh, Lucino confirmed was his droid. Yeah, that's the only thing he pulled back in the Rise of Skywalker expanded edition. I don't know. I can't recall him being mentioned as immune in canon. I, maybe they're just saying that because they don't have anything to contradict it. Yeah, because all the pictures of him as immune are from old stuff. Because there's nothing, nothing, nothing confirming what he actually looks like in canon. Um, yeah, the picture like that's in that source book, book, the picture in the source book, like I said, is just a hood with eyes. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there would be a lot more, even at least like fan fiction pictures if – if it had been confirmed that he was immune and right. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Sure. I haven't either. I need to dig into that a little bit and I'll let y'all know. Okay. So the last show that we talked about that they talked about at celebration, of course, is Ahsoka. So mm-hmm. I thought it'd be fun for our viewers and listeners. What I'm going to do is I downloaded the trailer 
and we'll watch the trailer together and then kind of break it down in a couple of minutes. Something's coming. Can you hear that? Something dark. I sense it. I hear it very faintly. We're probably here through this. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. This is a new beginning. Loath cat. For some, war. This guy's voice is sick. For others, it was the uh, Josiah and I have talked about this a little bit. I, I think that played by Sean. It's been a while. Things have changed. I started hearing whispers. As heir to the Empire. She said it, she said the thing. We have to prepare for the worst. The Jedi fell a long time ago. There aren't many left. since it came out and when I watched it my wife was talking to me at the same time so I was noticing stuff for the first time <laughs> <laughs> yeah happens to the best of us yeah so I mean it's it's jam-packed full of freaking stuff um, obviously the, the most important thing Ahsoka, is the back of the Thrawn's better. head I know right? <laughs> <laughs> so give me all thoughts did- Adam Adam, what are, what are your thoughts? I feel like you've you've uh, you've got so many thoughts stored up. I've got a lot of thoughts. Me, I'm here for it. I don't mind Ahsoka. I, I think I actually like Ahsoka a lot more than you guys. Um, <laughs> I big fan. <laughs> no, no, like I genuinely, I genuinely like that they're putting that in here. Um, there's a lot in that. Obviously, I'm here for Thrawn. I, I can't wait for them to completely unpack his story, like with everything. I I love that that everything that we've seen so far in, in the different shows are kind of leading to this moment to where he's actually seen and heard. And we get to see a little bit more of how he operates rather than just people talking about how he operates and such. So right. I'm, definitely, I'm definitely excited about that. Uh, but no, I'm here for it. Like I want to see these uh, Sith type people or Jedi hunters, whatever they want to call them, right? Uh, with the orange slash red sabers, depending on who's talking. Uh, so I mean, I'm I'm here for it all. Well, that's the thing is that the trailers got 10 million views already. I mean, people are just playing it and playing it and playing it. And yeah. the Dark Siders again, like you said, I don't know if they're Sith or just Jedi hunters. Um, their names are Balin Skull which is the guy, and then uh, Shin, it's either Hati or Haiti, H-A-T-I, that's the girl, and she's his apprentice, 
And uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's tasked with hunting down or capturing Ahsoka. And yeah. I can't tell if she's tasked with capturing Ahsoka for him or for Thrawn. Um, ultimately, you wonder like, oh, maybe these people are working with Thrawn. But other than just the assumption that they're both the bad guys, there's nothing there cementing that they're working together. And so... Um, Bounty hunter types, maybe? Well, I don't know. And what's interesting is, and and uh, you you mentioned the blades. One, I think that just the way that it ignites, and to me, just looks a little bit older. Looks like an older yeah. style. But uh, well, there's an interview with uh, Dave Filoni, and he talks about that. He talks about yeah. how he wanted them to look somewhat older. So, and then that's I think it's that same th- clip that you're talking about. He specifically mentions. Um, that he colored them orange instead of the dark red on purpose. And he says yeah. it's to show you that not everything as it is as it seems. Yes. And so here's my wonder, right? It looks like at one point, whenever you see Balin and Ahsoka both ignite their blades, it looks like they're on some kind of an asteroid, like a floating space. And if you look behind them, and I could be totally wrong here, but it looks like behind them, is the floating, like moving verbiage, like what you see in the world between worlds. So I'm wondering if somehow her messing with the space-time continuum, you know, whenever Ezra is in the world between worlds and he wants to save Kanan and Ahsoka's like, you can't just tamper with everything, kid. Like things are going to change and shift. I wonder if perhaps Balin and his apprentice are from another time period and they were brought into the world between worlds or they found their way into the world between worlds and met Ahsoka, you know, and then maybe Balin and Ahsoka face off and somehow she escapes. And then Balin's obsessed with find over who, who that was. And that's what the whole chase is. You know what I mean? They could be completely separate from, they could be completely separate from Thrawn. Yeah. Very well. Because off the top of your head, similar to uh, to the 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 similar, but not exact, but like the cable situation in X Men. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, do you off the top of your head? Did you feel like Thrawn and these two Darksiders were in cahoots, or did you see them as different factions? What were your thoughts when you were just seeing the trailer? They really don't put it either way. I don't. Yeah, I don't think they they really put that together whether they were together or not i again i'm here for either either or right i mean i just i'm ready to watch it yeah i'm excited for it and it comes out this august so i'm very hopeful that's real i wonder you know here recently things have been pushed back by a month or two or three at a time so i'm hoping it's not september october november but uh an august release would be really really fantastic if that was the case then we would get late April would be the final Mandalorian, and then we would have to wait May, June, July, and then boom, Ahsoka drops. Speaking of late April, I know this wasn't in our notes, but I have to throw this in there. But Go for um, it. Jedi Survivor, April 28th. Yes. Um, I am beyond excited about that. And, like, and I am the, so stoked. It's so open world. I think the download is larger than Red Dead Redemption 2. I think they said it was like 165 gigs or something like that. Something stupid. That's freaking so ridiculous. I'm, I'm delete some games. Excited. Oh yeah, I'm yeah exactly. Uh, I'm excited about it, but um, it it takes place the same time as the uh, uh, Obi Wan series, like the exact same year. 
So, because so, I'm not a huge gamer, you guys have both played the game. I've never played the game. Yeah. So I'm a big cow. I'm a cow fan from a distance. You know, I'm not going to lie. Which they need yeah, to put him guy. in live action, by the way. Um, he's a he's a, already an actor. It's not like a it's not yeah, like a stop motion guy. He's already he's been al- in shows. He's already doing like that. the mocap. Right. So. It's very similar to like Sam Whitworth already being an actor mm-hmm. and then doing Star Killer, right. um, right. and he's obviously the same age and everything as as his character in the game. And what's very interesting to me is that his, one of the main antagonists that's hunting him down is a Gendai or Jendai. I don't know how they pronounce it. Bounty hunter, which is the same species as Dirge from the original Clone Wars, and that's going to be one of the main bad guys. So I'm very interested to see what that. Uh, pans out and what are your thoughts is the journey on this one i know at first it was to survive order 66 and just freaking make it and i think he ends up destroying a holocron that shows like all the force sensitives and stuff like that is that accurate it's to it's to find that holocron he's trying to kind of restore the jedi order um and Uh ends up realizing that it'd be too great an asset for vader has kind of a vision that Vader's going to get it regardless um, so that he destroys it so that Vader doesn't have that gateway. So Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure where this one will land. Maybe he's part of that underground railroad that we see uh, Kenobi move through. Maybe he's, you know, kind of working as a a light side, you know, one of the, uh, one of the websites that I've uh, watched and a couple different things, but they talked about some of the cameos that could possibly happen in this game. And they talked about, I uh, talked a little bit about that underground railroad with Obi-Wan being a, a small cameo in it. Um, they mentioned the whole star killer thing. They talked about Darth Maul. They talked about Ahsoka and then they talked about the guardian of the wheels as well. So, I mean, there's so many possibilities with it all, but like there's the one thing that really grabbed me was when the, the uh, when he's standing outside that back to container with whoever that is inside, which mm-hmm. I don't know that they ever confirmed who that was. I can tell like, you who it is. Who? It's a Jedi that's been in stasis since the time of the High Republic. And he's actually an antagonist because he doesn't understand how the Jedi could let the whole galaxy fall to an empire. And somehow that turns on its head. And he's, I don't know why he's angry at Cal for it, but apparently he's an antagonist. Okay. Oh, nice. That, yeah, I'm down for that. So anyway, so there's a, there's a lot of possibilities. Like you said, it's a huge game. So who knows what's going to happen, but I will definitely, uh, I'm sure Sam will too, but like, I'll definitely try to add my two cents in next time we have a podcast about it for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Sure. I, I, uh, obviously I have a, a console. I just need to play. Um, then that's that. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm like the present. Huge, right. huge news on the silver screen front. Uh, three movies announced. Three yep. feature-length movies announced, and what I'm excited about is that it's it's I'm okay with a trilogy, but I'm glad that they're not forcing a trilogy. So mm, three sure. individual projects, and they're from three separate eras. One's from yep. the Old Republic, or or yep. even further back from the Old Republic. One is from the New Republic era, and one is from the uh, end of the Resistance era. So uh, the first one, uh, furthest back in the timeline, is a film directed by James Mangold, uh, who is very well acclaimed. He's very well known. I think he directed Logan, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he was actually, I believe, supposed to direct the Boba Fett movie that got canned. 
Interesting. But correct me if I'm wrong. He, he did Logan, right? Yes, he did. So his is 25,000 years in the past. And it's a, a I don't know if. I don't know if the title is Dawn of the Jedi or if the era is Dawn of the Jedi, but essentially, nonetheless, it's a early stages of uh, force sensitive, being able to connect to the force. It's basically the very first Jedi. Perhaps we'll see the first Sith and things like that. And one thing that stood out to me was he said, I want it to be a period of chaos and trial that the Jedi order is born out of. And he specifically said, I want it to feel like a, a biblical uh, style movie. He said, I want it to be a star Wars meets the 10 commandments with Charleston Heston style I movie. I thought that was a cool uh, shout out because that's a great film, which is yeah, a great sure. film. And also to me, it's just, you think about the scale of that of movie it where it's time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you see, the pyramids or the, some of these crazy statues and the obelisks and stuff being built in the background. I think just the world building that takes place, you know, that term wasn't around back then, but the world building mm -hmm. that takes place in that movie is amazing. And it's a huge, great combination of in like scenes that are power packed with multiple actors and actresses and characters that hold so much sway, like the Charleston Heston versus the Yul Brenner Ramses and Moses, but then you scale it out. And it's also the story of the children of Israel being taken out of slavery and stories like yeah. the plagues and the parting of the Red Sea. It's just this massive, it's probably one of the greatest films ever. If you look at the scale of what they accomplished and the story they told, of course, back then you had freaking interacts and stuff like that, where you could take like a 45 minute break <laughs> to take a piss between a four hour movie. Uh, right. But if we're breaking the ice and we're doing the Avenger end games and we're doing the avatars and we're doing some of those. I, if we're going to scale it up, I'm a hundred percent down for a three, three and a half hour movie. If we're telling a story of this magnitude. Of the mm -hmm. origin. Right, right. Right. For sure. It's just a huge groundwork laying. So that's all we know about that. Another movie. I'm actually going to leapfrog here to a movie uh, by director. Uh, Charmaine Obed Chinoy. I'm probably butchering that. I've actually never heard of this director before, um, but she's supposed to be pretty good. She's directing a uh, rejuvening and rejuvenating and rebuilding of the Jedi Order under the tutelage of a Jedi Master, Ray Skywalker, 15 years after the events of the Rise of Skywalker. And the new Jedi Temple on Tatooine. I don't know, but I saw a picture that I don't know if it's real or fake, but it looks like Ray's pregnant in this picture. I think it's fake. Sinner. What a sinner. But it was like Force it. Ben has been up to no good or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's Ray, <laughs> Just got Ray, what you said. Ray It's Ray Skywalker, and I would love, you know, back in the day, Tatooine used to be like a force rich planet. Um, and stuff like that. I would be very, very interested if they did put a temple on Tatooine. I, I, I would like to get away from Tatooine personally, but it would be really cool. What are your thoughts? I just keep thinking about that clip where uh, <laughs> the guy's saying Mary didn't conceive, but through her ear. Yep. <laughs> We'll leave that one there. 
All right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what, I was thinking what about. are your Ooh, what are your spin. what are your thoughts on that story? And who is it that can be a bad guy? You know, it's it, it's the synopsis that I read was Ray Skywalker fights and works to rebuild the Jedi Order while evil arises to try to tear it down. Hmm. So Force users, Darksiders, is it, you know, they're not going to spend an hour just talking about politics getting in the way of the Jedi rebuilding. So who's the enemy? Sherrod Hep. <laughs> Darth Crate. Jedi Temple on Tatooine? Come on, bud. It's too rich. It's 11.37 p.m. I'm going to be awake for five more hours thinking about this. <laughs> Asherod Het, the son of Sherrod Het, who was a Jedi Knight exile, or survived Order 66, lived Sherrod on... Hett's basically canonized. What do you mean? Kenobi's canon, isn't it? Oh, no, it's not. No, it's no not. the novel's not. Doing it. But Asherod, so you have Sherrod and his son was Asherod. Asherod is the one you're right. thinking of right. who right. fled and was captured by the Yuzan Vong and hundreds of years in the future comes back as Darth Krait, who has the crazy freaking uh, armor plating, takes over the galaxy, fights a Cade Skywalker who is Luke's like great, great, great grandson. Obviously, the timeline would be moved a little bit, but Darth Krait would be sick or a Darth Talon. Because remember we did an episode years ago about oh, yeah. the George Lucas trilogy that he was writing and Darth Maul survived somehow and him and Darth Talon Darth were Maul the returned. bad guys. <laughs> so that's the question is like, I would be game for it being Maul. I would be more game for it being Asherod Head. But I'd be more game for Asherod Head. Also, Dang. Maul's already confirmed dead. On Tatooine. On Tatooine, yeah. If it's a Force Nexus, maybe the crowd just comes back to up. Tatooine, baby boy. What if it's Maul and Asherod Het? Ooh. Teaming up on Tatooine. A duality? Ooh. Can you imagine? Ooh. What if it's Sidious one more time? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> on Tatooine. Yeah. Dark Star Jar. Um, yeah, I would be, I'm very, very, very game for Asherod Het, and I think it would be amazing. I'm surprised you didn't get there on your own, I'll be honest. It's been a long couple of days, man. I'm pretty sure when you wake up, you're like, Asherod Het, oh, sorry, <laughs> having this crazy dream. I am a big Asherod Het fan. Next YouTube short, Asherod Het. You got it. There you go. Okay. Too easy. Um, so many things we could unpack in there, but we want to be uh, conscious of our time here. Okay, so the last the last film, and the reason I saved this for last is because it's directed by George Lucas Jr., Dave Filoni, <laughs> and it's going to be a pinnacle, paramount moment of all of the series and the stories surrounding the Mandoverse, and it's all going to be basically all these shows are going to lead up. So you got to think Mandalorian at this We're point. We're for sure seeing Thrawn on silver Skeleton screen. Skeleton Crew is my guess is a part of that. Ahsoka, the book of Boba Fett, all of this leading up to a movie 
directed by Dave Filoni. I'm guessing on screen. How many wolves are going to be in there? Probably 2025, 2026 at the earliest, in all honesty. Maybe longer. Um, And so here's my question. If it's in 2026, let's just say, throwing it out there. Uh I I don't have any reason to say that, but if it's 2023 now and they're going to start making it, I'm assuming 2026. Um, who's the bad guy? Thrawn. Is it Thrawn? Thrawn's the bad guy. Yeah. They they t- they already mentioned him in Mando. There's zero percent chance he gets wiped out in just Ahsoka. He's already lived through Rebels. He's been God knows where for the last you know twenty what years if, or whatever. So if it's Thrawn, I guess it does. It did say Imperial Remnant versus the New Republic. They're already bringing back. Um, the ghost crew. They already exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Zero percent so, chance Thrawn's not the villain. I'm very excited. I'm, we're even looking at the Imperial Remnant right now, and they're right. kind of squabbling. And I think Thrawn's large and in charge from a distance because it seems like he's the he's the ranking guy. Yeah, he's the and head. So, this is a great transition into – Yeah, I think this is a great transition into looking into Mandalorian's episode. Uh, Mandalorian finale, so far, I bet Thrawn makes an appearance. We've even seen, if it's just at the very end. Yeah, we've seen uh, – Yes, 100%. Is this chapter 23? 23 came out today. It's yep. called The Spies. The and Spies. we start with uh, that chick, Eli- I think it's Elia Kane. Um, she's reporting to Moff Gideon. It's her first time seeing Giancarlo Esposito this season. Uh, looks great. It's great does, to see him, by the way. Yeah, everything he does, it just it's just better than it was before he got there. Um, so he was there, and then he's like, hey, hurry up. My pipe ice is almost here. And then she hangs up the phone, and he turns around. He turns around and he's having a meeting of the Shadow Council with various Imperial Remnant officers, um, one of which, welcome to the flesh, Gilad Palian and Brindal Hux. So I was excited for Hux. I was more excited for Palian because I've been reading about that guy for years. Um, Now, Palian is, for those of you who don't know, if you're listening or watching, uh, Palian is Grand Admiral Thrawn's right-hand man. He's been that For way since Heir to the Empire in 1991. And uh, he was a great callback in the great new, callback. In the more recent Thrawn trilogy that takes place in the Empire. He's you see him for a very split Wars. second. Uh, no, no, you're thinking of Wolf Yularen is in Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes but yes. you see him for a split second in Rebels, right before mm-hmm. the Purgil take uh, the, the fleet into hyperspace. He's and then the man, he's speaking for Thrawn. And then you have Brindal Hux, who is General Armitage Hux's dad. Now, this is what's really cool is they did a, a solid and they hired Dom Hall Gleason's brother to be the actor that plays his dad so that they looked and sounded this similar, but not the same. I thought that was that's really awesome. cool. Yeah. That's um, really cool. So we, we talk about getting there and they're, they're meeting and and Gideon is needing inf- reinforcements because these Mandalorian factions that he never thought would work together are working together to reclaim Mandalore. And the reason why, surprise, surprise, Lando in disguise, as Blast Points likes to say, <laughs> um, it's because he has a secret base there. So skipping ahead kind of to the meat of the episode, um, where we leave at the end of this episode, there's so much that happened, dude. So 
uh, Death Trooper variants, it looks like. It's very similar helmet, but they're black and white versus solid black. In Beskar armor are fighting to defend and lure the uh, the Mandalorians into a trap so we can wipe them out once and for all. Bo-Katan has been pledged loyalty to by Din Djarin, and Din Djarin is captured. Taken captured, taken to a debriefing room, which to me sounds like a torture chamber. And <laughs> all the Mandalorians look to Bo-Katan for leadership. Gideon tries to have her hand over the saber again, even though we find out that last time to save people's lives, she surrendered it and he still slaughtered all of Mandalore. So she keeps it, cuts away back out of the uh, the doors that they're locked in. I thought that backstory was very good, by the way. I thought so too. I thought they, I did, it did a good job of telling us what happened without taking up too much of the episode. Right. And so what, where we leave it, Din Djarin's captured Paz Vizsla went out like a freaking gorilla from hell, um, shooting that freaking chain gun, saving everybody else's life till the gun overheated and started to melt. (laughs) And then he grabs it and clobbers people to death with it. And then, Right as he survives and his gun is no more and he has nothing but his freaking arm shield and his vibro blade, three Praetorian guards step from the freaking shadows and chop him to freaking bits with their weapons. And so um, it's a really, really sad moment, but I thought that Paz went out like a freaking champ, dude. And I think that it'll be a point of unification for the future for the Mandalorians. So my question to you, it It was was hard, dude. I was so sad. My question to you, gentlemen, is who are the spies? Because we know that Elia Kane is a spy, but plural, who else are we looking at here, dude? Um, Theory. You think Axe, Axe Wolves? I think Axe Wolves is a possibility. Eileen... I lean even harder towards the armorer. I would say the armor. Really? And yeah. here's why. I'll give you like 12 reasons. <laughs> I've been thinking about this all day. Okay. Why is the Mandalorian covert on Navarro in season one, where Moff Gideon has that secret lab where he's cloning stuff, which he's still cloning stuff, by the way. If you watch, he's walking past vat after vat after vat. Yep. He's still working on things. It turns out he wants to clone, use Mandalorian technology and Jedi biology to clone the perfect army. My guess is he doesn't know where Thrawn is. Nobody knows where Thrawn is. Nobody knows how soon till King John gets home from the cruise. I think he just wants to be in power. I agree. I think he wants to be the guy that's in charge before King Richard returns from the Crusades. He's little. He's uh, so. Here's the thing: Shadow Collective. Formed by Darth Maul all the way back in the Clone Wars, there's a female Mandalorian character named Rook Cast. She has horns on her helmet. She's loyal to Gar Saxon, who ends up... Gar Saxon is loyal towards the Empire in the far future. The armorer's helmet has horns. When Moff Gideon shows up in his dark trooper armor made of Beskar, he has the Mandalorian helmet on that has horns on, very similar... And why would the armorer talk about and think back fondly on the forge? And then right before they're going to be captured and cornered, she conveniently takes the sick and wounded people back to the ship. 
Hey, I'll take the wounded back to the ship while y'all go put yourself in danger. Yeah. If I'm the armorer yeah. and my whole identity has been this forge, why would I not want to see the forge of Mandalore? 100%. I thought that's, this place that, was... That's my, that's my main reason. I thought this place was cursed. It's my home wasn't cursed. I can go back there. I can rebuild. We have more Mandalorians in one place than we've ever had, which, by the way, whose idea was it to get all the Mandalorians in one place? Mm-hmm. You're going down a path I can't follow. The armorer is the one that all of a sudden... My heart's going to be Din, broken. Din Djarin has to cut his own wiener off and bathe in the pools of Mandalore before he can be a Mandalorian. But we're just going to waltz up and tell Bo-Katan to take her helmet off. No big deal. She walks both worlds. You see what I'm saying here? I'm, I'm, I'm tracking with you. You smelling that thing I'm throwing at you? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not happy about it, but I mean, I'm with so you. So if she's if she's it. if she's rook cast, and she's loyal to herself or to the Shadow Collective, it's also not lost on me that the Shadow Collective is the Death Watch Mandalorians with Darth Maul, and the Council that Moff Gideon's trying to lead is called the Shadow Council. Could be a super coincidence, but I don't know. Putting them together, also. Who, like, it's just, it's wild to me that she wasn't there. Like, I think Axe Woves was caught in the crossfire. He says he'll go back. Bo-Katan said, no, there's no way. And he said, it's the only way we're going to get help. Paz Vizsla is the one that points out the hole in the ceiling that he can make it through without being killed. Axe Woves doesn't know that's there. <clears throat> so it's not Axe. By that reasoning... It's not, I thought this whole time, you know what, guys, I need to take a second here. I would like to take this moment to apologize to Bo-Katan. Because for the Kawhi last three... Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say, and this is for all the Bo-Katan fans out there, I'm looking at you, Radis Force Dad, on Instagram. Joel, my friend, I am so sorry. Sorry, Radis Force Daddy. I am so sorry. Bo-Katan, this episode, talked about how she was selfish by nature and how she led people to destruction. But at the end of the day, she tried to do the right thing. She tried to surrender, even though the Darksaber was the most precious possession in all of Mandalore in her eyes. She gave it up to try to preserve the life of other Mandalorians, and she was taken advantage of. And if it's good enough for Den, it's good enough for me. I was wrong. I'm willing to eat my hat when it's right there in front of me. And hopefully she, she does a good thing. But if you betray us, I'm not going to forget it. This all stems from her being a butthole to Boba Fett in Mandalorian Season 2 when she talks crap about him and she called Jango Fett his donor. I thought that was very rude. I also thought it was rude when she talked crap about the clones that she could You're not have won. Uh, <laughs> I need an I mean, apology. She's not wrong, but it might have been rude. Yeah, It was rude. Okay, so looking forward... There is so much that needs to be unpacked in the finale you know, before Ahsoka you know comes out. Makes me feel better in the wake of this devastation that you've just dropped on me. Is the potentiality that we might see Eli Vanto. Eli Can Vanto? What if we had Matthew McConaughey play Eli Vanto? What if the opening scene of the Mandalorian finale 
is we already had Lizzo and Jack Black. Why not Matt McConaughey playing? Oh, Eli are Winter? we going to touch on that or? Okay, leave that one alone. I will touch on it because it's important. Sicko, Lizzo. I'll let it. I'll let it slide. I'm going to let it slide. I do. You're going to let Lizzo slide? Is that what you said? Listen, dude. She's hey. She's one slip and fall away from sliding all by herself. <laughs> Okay, I don't care about anything else, but like her acting, it was pretty rough. Now I've seen better high school recitals. Okay, here's the thing: I'm cool with it. It's whatever. I would like to point out that we're fighting for a planet that's environment is no longer viable to be lived in, and we need to rebuild and restructure and repopulate some kind of a domed structure on Mandalore like we saw in the Clone Wars. And who so happens to be a specialist in rebuilding and repopulating and reprogramming domed cities other than my good friend, I think it's Governor or Captain Bombardier, Bombardier Mr. Jack yeah, Black himself. Yeah. Jack Black is about to rebuild Mandalore. Mark my freaking words. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So – which. Which before they even showed him, I heard you hear his voice, and I was yeah. like, you. "Come, come, no. Mandalorian!" I said no, and then it showed him, and I was like, "Let's go!" I, yeah, I'm a I big thought. Jack Black fan. I, I didn't mind seeing him, but seeing the Lizzo thing that kind of threw me off. Uh, but then seeing my, you know, Star Wars has always been my thing, but Back to the Future was my my first love, to be honest. And oh, seeing, I know. I'm uh, with you, buddy. And and seeing. Uh, Doc there, man, it, it definitely course. touched my heart. I thought that he did a great job. Um, his character did a really good job, and I thought that I, the I concept did. behind it. Also, he freaking name-dropped Count Dooku, so that was sick. I loved it. Um, but I think it wasn't uh, – having someone like Lizzo and, honestly, Jack Black in there was kind of strange because it just takes you out of where you're at. Like, mm-hmm. it takes you out of Star Wars. Yes, and then, I agree. Um, but I can live with it. Um, looking, I'm sure that's how a lot of people felt watching Samuel L. Jackson on the screen for the first time, though. Yeah, and honestly, I was. I so, always just grew up knowing him as Mace Windu. Same. You know, I was so young, but so also quiet. like, I think Samuel L. has a personality that like he he Period. He, he has he a made, personality. Yeah, he made Lizzo did Mace, not. Yeah, he <laughs> made Mace Windu his own. But it's also yeah. one of the reasons like Michael Jackson really wanted to play Jar Jar Binks. And George Lucas wouldn't wouldn't <laughs> cast him because he's that still like boggles my mind. He, he wouldn't cast him because he was like, look, even though it's a motion capture thing, like your voice, like it just people are gonna know that's you. They're gonna, the whole time they're gonna be thinking, oh, Michael Jackson's in this one. Um, so that was kind of weird. But looking forward, there's so much going on. So Bo-Katan and like seven other people survived. Did the fleet get annihilated? We don't know. Um, the armor think- is up there. I don't and, think Gideon has enough to beat the fleet. Yeah, but he ha- if there are He's spies in the fleet. Well, th- think about it. All he has was the TIE Interceptors and the bombers, but all all the fleet has, has is the light cruisers. Fleet. It has one light cruiser and then the rest of the, the other fighters. That's it. So if Those the armor... A lot of interceptors. If the armor is a spy... Or someone on the on the light cruiser is a spy, then that is taken out of 
out of the fight, and then it's just Mandalorian starships versus a, a few. My guess is like a thirty-five or forty-five, if not a hundred, tie interceptors. They have a whole freaking base built underground there. Like it's not a small yeah. complex. Right. Um, so the main things. Looking forward to the finale, and then we'll close here. I feel like we've done a pretty good job of fitting a million things into a relatively shorter (laughs) podcast because we were thinking two hours minimum. Um, Where do you see this season ending? And like if we're going to see cameos or people popping in or what's going to happen to Din, like kind of unpack that for me, what y'all's predictions are. Like what what happens to Din? I don't know what's going to happen to Din. I, I questioned that when they took him away. I was like, you know, where the heck are they? What are they going to do? You know, blah, blah, blah. But I do think that there is a cameo. Don't ask me who it is, but I guarantee you there's a cameo in the in the final episode. Yeah. 100%. My, my guess is I want to see Thrawn for a split second at the end. Yep. I think I think I don't know how it plays. I don't know how it plays out. Maybe, maybe the Mandalorians can win, and at the very end, Gideon's not dead, but he's tucking his tail between his legs, and Thrawn comes in and puts him into place. I could see that. Another thing is, Brendan Wayne said something that was very interesting. I'll, I'll look up the quote really quick. Brendan Wayne, who is John Wayne's grandson, does all of the gunfighting work mm-hmm. for, for, Mando. for Mando. And um, they asked him what he thought about Boba Fett. And it's actually an audio clip. But he says, um, let's see, let me go back. He's a little gruff. He's short-tempered. He said, but he did find some Zen, I think, through working with the Tuscans. And then he goes on to say he found some long-term, um, some happiness. And then he says, overall, I know he's the best kind of friend you can ever have. You know you can count on the guy. And when you need him, he sometimes you don't know you need him and he comes. I'm a big fan. So... And his moment of need from the book of Boba Fett, when the Pikes and, and all of them are trying to take over Mos Espa, Din Djarin sticks around even when the chips are low and they're in that freaking burnt out saloon, RIP to Garsif Whip. And um, he's like, you know, but remember Boba Fett says, you need to get out of here. And mm-hmm. he says, I gave you my word. My word is my creed. I'm going to stay here until it's done. And they do it. They make it happen. So if Din Djarin is now in dire need and Boba Fett's a man of his word and owes him one, I wonder if Boba Fett shows up in the finale in some way to help. And if Boba Fett shows up, then I'm sure he can call in a couple of favors to help. Just as long as I don't see those stupid little speeders. (laughs) Dude, what if... Out of hyperspace comes Slave One and those four Vespas. Out of freaking hyperspace. That would be so freaking funny. So I can see I can see um, Bo-Katan calling Ahsoka. Right? I can see um, nobody 
that Din works with knows that he knows Boba like that well. Um, Finnick oh, is already know. with Boba. Like, Bo-Katan. Like oh, I guess Bo-Katan does meet Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to pull something out of a hat. You know what I mean? I mean, it's Bo, the whole Bo, Mandalorian, the Mandalorian now. So Yeah, Bose won me over with the humility. It was the arrogance that with which she talked to Din Djarin and Boba Fett last season that irritated me because I was like, homegirl, you're the one that fumbled the bag and lost Mandalore like 12 times. So it's her humility in this last couple of episodes where she doesn't want to lead, but she's being told she can lead. It's, it's Din Djarin saying... That saber means nothing to me, but your character and who you are lets me know that I can follow you until your song is written. Yeah. That moment, I was like, "Okay, I guess this is for real." Also, let's not under let's not forget. I think something that might happen is somebody, whether it's Din or Bo, is going to ride the Mythosaur in the finale. Better be Din Djarin. I'll cry if it's anybody else. Don't forget the Mythosaurs underneath the the waters of the mines of Mandalore. And it was the first Mandalore that rode the Mythosaur that united what, all of the clans together against the any enemy. that that drove them underground anyway? Just some kind of random monster. It's a big random monster. I thought the same thing. It's a big old boy. So we can wrap it up here. But uh, give me your ranking for, or give me your rating for this most recent episode of The Mandalorian. And if you had to throw a wild freaking, so my cameo guess is Boba Fett. Give me a wild cameo, even if it's out of left field, it's not going to happen, but it would be cool and it makes sense for the story. All right, so I'll go first. I'm going to give this one a 9.5. It's as darn near perfect as you can get. And I imagine the finale for the season is going to be a freaking 9.8 or 10. I was going to also go 9.5. Uh, Adam, go f- next so I can think about my cameo. Um, I definitely give it a hard eight for sure. It was good. I just what Mandalorian anyway, episode? What what um, ep- what episode of the Mandalorian do you like more than this one, Adam? Oh, you put me on the spot now. And I got to think of all the other ones. Um, season two finale was good. Yeah, season two I, finale I cried, was good. I cried real tears. <laughs> do you think Grogu um, calls in Luke I think pulling Luke in is going to be too redundant if we get him two finales in a row I don't yeah maybe so maybe uh, so what if they call the New Republic and the New Republic finally answers and like a General Lando or someone shows up I like Lando I don't see him making a scrap of difference in this little in this little battle if he brings people with him. I'm going to go back I, to, to like what y'all said. I, I really think Thrawn. Um, at I think the very end. Sure makes an appearance. At the very end. Just, I'm, just al- like I'm almost taking that for granted at this point. Right, okay. right, right. Um, so I'm saying Boba. Adam's throwing Thrawn out there. Unless, uh, if you come up with another one, let me know as well. And Samuel, you got one? Ahsoka. I don't know. I think Ahsoka's a possibility. I think Boba's a possibility. Dude. I think it's going to be a Force-sensitive. Um, okay. It can't be Ezra because they still have to look for Ezra and Ahsoka. Dude, you know what would be freaking sick? Is if, like, you know, some we talk a little bit for a few seconds about unlikely allies, things like that, mm-hmm. and Boba Fett arrives with Han Solo and Chewbacca. 
you know what would be neat? <laughs> I'm just oh, writing at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what would be neat? Let's hear it. Let's is, hear it. You know who's a Force ghost right now and also a longtime friend of the Mandalorians? A Force ghost? Oh, Obi-Wan? But, I mean, Tell what me does he that. do? Shut up. It would, Tell me it that would wouldn't be sick. Be sick. Yeah, it would be sick. He's more pos- He's more powerful than you could possibly imagine, Josiah. Yeah, maybe he's giving wisdom to Ahsoka. Just tell me how sick that would be, though. It would be pretty freaking sick. Okay, so we've got Force Ghost Obi-Wan. That's pretty far out there. I like that. <laughs> Boba Fett. I just threw out Boba Fett, Han Solo, and Chewbacca just because that would be raw. We've got Thrawn and a couple of others from Adam. Uh, it's going to be great. I can't if wait. Han shows up and he doesn't throw at least one debt pack at somebody, I'm signing off. <laughs> the freaking boxes. <laughs> Yes, that's freaking Signing awesome. Signing off immediately. Nice. I've left the server. All right. Well, we've got a lot to think about. We've got one more week to the finale of The Mandalorian. I'm sure we'll hit you with the review after that. Everything is coming together. Things. I think one of the things, Adam, again, that stood out to me for this episode was that it was we started seeing payoff from things that we had set up since season one. Yes, I agree. It's all building, so that was really cool. So yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to the Chiss Ascendancy. Don't forget to follow us, like us, tell us, tell your friends about us, spread the spread the good word, go tell it on the mountain about the Chiss Ascendancy podcast. Remember, the Force will be with you always. And also remember, the only family you have here is me. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Be safe and may the Force be with you. <laughs>